Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host Scott Nicholl and I'm joined this week by Travis Morgan. James O'B O'Brien sends his apologies but he's actually in Liverpool, gone to watch the Liverpool versus Leicester game tonight which we're going to be reviewing. So it's good to have some Onto the Ball representation at the ground. Um, I wish I could get up to a, a few more games but it's just been a crazy few months. Um, I keep getting offered tickets and I keep saying that I'm not available so I'm going to make more of an effort. Travis, how are yeah. you? Are you okay? You look wrapped up. You're not still ill, are you? Or you're just getting ready to go out? Do you know what? I've had a sore throat and a sore chest and it went, but now it's come back again and it's oh. just so difficult to shake off. Yeah, like every time I cough, my chest hurts. So I don't I hope, excuse me, I hope it's not an infection because that would just be horrific to be fair. But now I've had a nice couple of days, plenty of films, plenty of chilling and that. So I'm just trying to recuperate drinking plenty of water and stuff, but looking forward to today's action, really. Nice. Did you watch The Pursuit of Happiness? I didn't. No, I watched Get it. Get on it. Watch? Get on it. It's on Netflix. Get on it. It's right there for Bruce you. Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Bruce Almighty. Watch yeah, The Pursuit watch. of Happiness. Bruce will, Almighty pales into insignificance against uh, <laughs> The Pursuit of Happiness. It's right up your street. It's a true story as well. Is it? Oh, yes. I'll get on that. Well, I'll make sure I watch it. Right, anyway, oh. onto the ball, as we're aptly mm. called. Man United, yeah. Yeah, what you got, team news, who's available, is Sancho back yet? I've got a few things to say about Sancho, and, and obviously it's if it's mental health, like we said in the last stream, then I hope he gets better soon. Um, yeah. But Darwin Nunes has been taking pelters since the game against Villa on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, and for the last day or two, I've just been reflecting on the amount of money that Sancho cost. No one ever mentions him. But no. with Nunes, it's always 86 million this, 86 million that. I don't think it was even 86 million. It might have been 86 million euros, 70 million yeah. pounds, 75 million pounds with add-ons. Um, and then watching Leeds versus Man City, Jack Grealish has been taking some pelters as well. And he was 100 mm. million. And no one ever mentions that either. And I've been sat there no. thinking, why is Darwin Nunes getting such a rough ride? Um, yeah, I know, I I know it's, it's easy to hate Liverpool and a lot of rival fans are like, oh, it's Liverpool, we hope we do crap. And um, Yeah. But I'm thinking, where, where's the where's the parity? Mm. He's had his fair share of criticism, to be fair. Probably not as much as Darwin, maybe, but it could be the English tax that him and Grealish get with the media and stuff and they don't want to come too, down too hard on them. But... I think Sancho will be back after the new year, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know what the schedule was or how long it's been planned that he was out there. But I think Ten Hag's really gone heavy on him in terms of like an intense sort of fitness programme, getting his head right and stuff. I, I think it's an unknown date when he's going to be back. But I assume some point early in the new year is going to have to come back with the sort of final stretch show to call it going into those final sort of 15 games 10 15 to 10 games he's gonna have to be back for us because we're gonna need everybody in the squad for that time I think the um, press conference is due at around half one he normally does around a, like a half one press conference but so we'll see who returns from that game but <clears throat> Wolves is actually a game I'm scared about because you know what United are like against teams with new new or newish managers we tend to struggle quite a bit and Wolves, I wouldn't say they've had an upturn in form, but within the last six, take the Arsenal game out of it. I think they're unbeaten. They've not really played excellent in those games. I watched a couple of those games that have been on TV, but 
I think to go to Everton away with quite low confidence, Goodison's always a tough place to go, regardless of what their form's like. And they got the three points in the last game. So I think they're going to go into this game against United with nothing to lose. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. It's a free hit for them. Everybody's not expecting them to win the game. And they can go in sort of with this new manager bounce, just hoping that they can get some sort of result. I think a draw would be like a win for them. It they're off the bottom now and, and sort of any point helps them in the in their mission for survival. So I'm I'm secretly worried about this game. It's at Wolves, isn't it? It is at Wolves, yeah. And it's the early the, Do you remember the, the Wolves Man United game last season? It was near the start of the season and you were out for the day. Yeah. I think you were at a christening and I was watching it in the hot tub and I kept giving you updates. Wolves battered you. And I'm yeah. battered you and then you won one nil. I was at a wedding. Yeah, was I was at a wedding. my friend. Yeah, it was a wedding I was at and I was sort of like checking my phone, not during the ceremony, but after it sort of finished. I, I like kept checking my phone, it was no, no, I was like, oh, we're not going to win. And then we just nicked a goal out of nowhere. Like you said, De Gea made a couple of saves and I think they hit the bar a few times and stuff and we got away with it. And I think tomorrow is going to be similar. I don't think it's going to be plain sailing at all. Nothing to do with United and the form that we're in and, and things like that. I just think... Going away from home in this league against teams that are scrapping at the bottom is going to just be tough from now to the end of the season. Um, and I just think we're going to need a couple of those players back, especially in the midfield and defensive areas. It was very makeshift Wambasaka. I don't know what's happening with Dallow. Um, I, I don't see Martinez being fit in time for the game. I know he's played in the World Cup and stuff and, and he's had a couple of days training. But what, is he injured gonna... or is he just because he's had a break? Um well, he's had a bit of a break, but it just depends. This is what I don't get. Well, I mean, what's your take? Because obviously, Emiliano Martinez, the Villa keeper, got rested. Konate was rested for us. Um, Varane played for Man United. And he played yeah. in the, F, uh, the World Cup final. And mm. Martinez, he didn't play in the World Cup final, did he? No, he didn't play. No, he didn't, did he? And I'm thinking, no. do you think it was the players' choices to be rested? I'm not... I'm not mentally ready. I'm I'm not I'm not fit because there's been quite a lot of Ferrari around the players that are rested, so to speak. Um, I know the Villa keeper has been slagged off a bit by Villa fans for not stepping up um, against us on Boxing Day, and I don't I don't know whether it's the club's decision, the players' decision. What's your take on it? how come Varane played basically? I think it's a case of needs must. I think they've honoured the fact that. Argentina won the competition. They've honoured Martinez some time to go and celebrate with his friends and family and the players and stuff like that. And, but I think it's a case of needs must as well. Like, I think that they do deserve a little bit of time, but not too much time because at the end of the day, they've got a job to do. We're straight back into Premier League football. It's your bread and butter. It's who pays your wages every week. And it's like, now it's a case of we need everybody back now because we just can't afford to be having players out just for celebratory reasons and stuff. I mean, they're going to have time off in the summer where they can do that. Um, so testament to Varane coming back, we sort of needed him back because if he wasn't there, I think Lindelof's injured, Maguire's got an illness. So we would have had Shaw and maybe Wan-Bissaka centre-back and, and we probably would have had to play one of the youngsters in, in full-back, which wouldn't have been ideal at all. So going away to Wolves, they pose a different threat um, to what Forest do. They're a lot more physical side. I think we're going to need like a Martinez at least, or maybe Maguire, if he's recovered from illness, will probably will get some minutes in that game. 
But I just don't think we can <clears throat> afford to have sort of a patched up back four away from home. It's a key game for us. It's an opportunity for us to go ahead of Spurs into the top four before sort of the likes of Spurs, um, Newcastle play. So it's a big opportunity for Manchester United to, to sort of close the gap on those above us. Definitely. Diego Costa seems to be building up ahead of steam as well, doesn't he? He played the whole game, the last game. I don't think he scored yet. He obviously no. got disrupted by getting sent off. I think he missed three games. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've got to be at the top of your game and you've got a, a battling, battle ram of him up front throwing the defenders around like empty tracksuits. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's more important that, that Martinez is sort of available because... From the physical element, Lindelof and Maguire have been quite notoriously known to not deal with that sort of battle well. And like you said, Diego Costa, he's quite old, but he's very wise and will know how to ruffle feathers. He'll know how to get in amongst it. And I think Maguire and Lindelof will find that challenge very difficult, even though he is at the wrong side of 30. So I think it's imperative that that um, Martinez is back because I think... Although there is a height disadvantage, I think he's proven physically that he can cope with that sort of demand. Um, and he gives us that tenacity um, at, at the back because Varane's sort of more the Rolls-Royce pace, tidy up, that sort of on-the-floor defender. And, and I think Martinez is the more physical out of the two, so I think it is a good blend. So I'm I'm hoping that he's going to be back tomorrow, to be honest with you. The thing is, Diego Costa's not as old as I thought he was. When I looked, I thought he'd be 37, 38 because he looks about 40. Yeah, he's 33, 34. So he's, he's not as old as, yeah. as you think. So score predictions. Yeah. It's at, we've already said it's at Wolves, isn't it? That's yeah. on, on paper, that's, that is a tough fixture. What's, what's your score prediction? I'm going to go 1 0 United again. I don't think there's going to be a lot in the game, to be honest with you. Um, I think Wolves will have some moments what will make it difficult for United and with some scary moments. And it all depends on the start that United make. If they assert themselves on the game, start and get some early possession and Wolves continue to retreat, then I think we will eventually break them down. But again, if Wolves start to press, start to get in amongst us, don't let us settle and don't let us play, it's going to be a real difficult game for United. So I'm going to go for 1-0 with some hairy moments. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at a score draw, but I'm going to go at 1-0 one, one, one United. I'm going to back you up on that score draw. I'm going to go one each. That's probably more mm. hopeful than expecting, but yeah, um, I think it's going to be, be a, 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 mm. a tough 90 minutes. Yes. Um, so Liverpool are at home to Leicester. Yeah. Some would say they're our bogey team, especially after the last couple of years. I went to the mm. Liverpool-Leicester away game on, I think it was on Boxing Day or between Christmas and New Year, took my little yeah. girl to see Liverpool for the first time and they beat us 1-0 and ultimately cost that us the league year, last year. Oh, yeah. It cost us the league, yeah. really, because we lost the league by one point, was it? Um, yeah. So if we'd have drew there, which we, we battered Leicester, Sadio Mane missed a couple of chances. We got beat 1-0. Yeah. Uh, the substitute come on. Um, it's that lad that used to play for Fulham, is it? Adamola Luckman or something? Yeah, yeah, Luckman, yeah. Um, so, yeah, not not got great memories. I've been to quite a few Leicester games because I live near there. Um, yeah. It's Liverpool and, and Leicester are our bogey team. But thankfully, it's at Anfield. Like I say, we've got onto the ball representation with James OB being up there with his family watching it. So, It'd hopefully nice we're going to... get a couple of videos or some pictures and that. Yeah, just that'd be good. Um, mm. Put a few shorts up, hopefully, OB. So, if you're watching this, get it up. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting. I've I predicted it three 0 I'm expecting mm. a good game. You've yeah. got some nice choices to have. Like we said earlier, Canate's back from the World Cup now. I <clears> wouldn't <throat> start him. I'd, I'd start Joel Matip there because I think he's the best centre back in the whole league, and that is not a joke. Alongside yeah. Van Dyke, Trent Arnold, and Robertson. And then, as we mentioned on the last stream, I was delighted with the the game from Jordan Henderson against Villa. He he was back to his conducting best, bossing the midfield. That, like I said, the World Cup seems to have reinvigorated him. So it's going to be him, Thiago, and probably Fabinho in the in the centre. And then, unfortunately, Cody Gakpo. For those that don't know, he's obviously signed, but the window doesn't open till the first of January. I'm not even sure if he's going to be back up for Brentford on the 2nd of January. Mainly yeah. because I've heard he hasn't trained for two weeks since the World Cup. So I don't know if he's going to be fit enough. Is um, he allowed to train with you now? Yeah, he'll be he'll be with us in training. Um, but there's also <laughs> a work permit that can't be submitted until the transfer window opens, which sounds a bit weird. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be submitted pretty much on midnight on the 1st of January, I'd imagine. So whether that scuppers him to be involved against Brentford I don't know but obviously we just sign him we just want to, we just want him involved just want to see yeah. what he's about even if that's 20 minutes at the end yeah um, we just I, think, I think he'll be presented on the pitch today I think there'll be a real buzz around Anfield yeah <laughs> excuse me today I think there'll be a real buzz I can see you winning the game comfortably to be honest with you I mean Leicester were on the end of a real hiding at home to Newcastle the confidence is low there's there's a lot of subjects about the manager and whether he's going to stay in. And with Leicester, I'm a little bit, I think they've lost a little bit of direction. Obviously they've not spent any money. The tragedy with the owner passing away and stuff. And they've, they've really struggled to recover from that. Yeah. Um, in massive. Terms of that. Yeah. Massively. And, 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 and who, it's not really a surprise. It was shocking what happened. It was really, really devastating to the club and the fans and, and everybody. And I think that's very difficult to recover from. So I think, They've got to just sort of start again. I think in at, in the end of the new season, I think Brendan Rodgers will probably part ways with, with Leicester. Mm. And I think they'll just start again. I think they need a fresh project, a fresh idea. They need to know what's sort of happening with some of their key players like Tillemans and Madison. They've always been linked with moves away. You think about the spine of their team and Vardy as well, um, who's getting coming towards the end of his career, I think they need to go again and get a new spine. The likes of Robert Who from Wes Morgan and players like that who were in their spine in those very successful teams. And I think going forward, they need some sort of direction with what they're going to do. But I think going back to Liverpool, again, at Anfield, off the back of the Villa win, Gakpo presented in front of the fans. I can see he's starting really quickly, really fast, getting some early chances. Now, I think if you get an early goal, I can see you winning by two two or three goals today. I think I think you'll win comfortably. Yeah, I hope so. Um the thing obviously with Gakpo signing, the first thing that people said was, you know, Liverpool are in dire need of some midfielders. And that is true, of course. And as we mentioned on the last stream, I don't know whether the price that he was available for played a factor in it. I'm sure it, it did. If he was getting touted around at sixty, seventy million, we wouldn't have got him. As soon as it, it come in at like this price of thirty seven million, I think we were all over it. Um, yeah, but at the same time, like I say, he might not be ready. She's not been training. We really need him at the minute. Um, I don't like slagging off Oxley Chamberlain because he's, he seems like a really decent guy. But we can't be going into Premier League games with him in a front three, um, yeah. and then 
with Nunes as well. Do, can we call him misfiring? When you're a striker <laughs> and you're brought in to, to score goals with a lot of fanfare in direct competition with Haaland, he has got to start taking some of these chances. And I'm praying yeah. that he gets a goal or two tonight because he probably needs it for his own mental stimulation because the more yeah. he's shanking these shots wide, his confidence will dip that little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And he just he needs it for him. The fact it's it's getting to we don't want it to be um a situation with like Dirk Kaut. Remember Dirk Kaut was moved out wide, he came yeah. in as a striker and he'd done a great job for us, but it was almost like let's forget about him as a striker, he doesn't strike enough. I don't want him to end up being Yeah, uh, the kind of player that the fans love because of his work rate, but he just didn't quite have the the ability. I'm sure that it isn't the case. I'm positive mm-hmm. in fact. You you might laugh and slag me off in the group chat after this <laughs> when 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 the professionalism goes out the window. But I'm positive we've got a player here, and I honestly think he will score two or three in a game, put to bed all the the memes that you see on social media, and then he'll go on a bit of a run, and it'll just be like the Premier's got a top striker, Haaland, Kane, Nunes, and it's just put to bed once and for all. That's maybe yeah. more wishful thinking than expecting again. But, <laughs> we just have to see how the game plays out tonight. Yeah, I think when you bought for that money, like, I think you sort of need an arrogance, which he hasn't got quite yet. And I think sometimes that comes with confidence. Like, when Haaland came to this league, you and I knew he was going to rip it up. Like, you, you can just see, and that comes from a persona, doesn't it? Like, he's confident within himself. He's so arrogant in a, in a good way. He just knows when he walks onto that pitch, he's going to score. And I think Nunes sort of lacks that at the minute. Maybe that will come through goals because it did with Henri. Do you know what I mean? With with, with Henri, that, that sort of thing can be developed. I believe that it can. And I think it's still going to take time. We can't forget his age. And I think that direct to compar- comparison to, New- um, to Haaland was always going to make it that little bit more difficult for him to settle because everybody's comparing him to a striker that's already scored 20 league goals. He's a freak. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I think... We, it's, we find it difficult, but we can't set the bar too high for him because the pressure can become a little bit insurmountable for him. So I think he's doing okay. I think he's doing okay. He I, is I doing do, okay. I think. Yeah, room for improvement. But you got to remember, Trav, that he shot himself in the foot with that tweet in pre-season, didn't he? Yeah. There was a, He had a bit of a stinker in a pre-season game and he, he shot a tweet saying something about mental strength or something and it was like oh no not in, not after a pre-season do not yeah. rise to the man united and uh, <laughs> opposition fans after one season to keep his head down and yeah, get on get with it down he should have been silent he should have deactivated all social media for the first three months of his liverpool career and just bedded yeah. himself in um yeah but you can't change the past and it is what it is like i say let's see I, what, let's see what happens in the next game or two just on Gakpo as well, I think it's always interesting when, do you know when a deal comes out of the blue? It always intrigues me to to think how long were the negotiations actually going on? Like, we never fully know the truth because there's no way that deal was done in a day. Do you know what I mean? There must have no. been some during the World Cup and... Do you know what I mean? That 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 deal could potentially happen. So, it, like you said, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. I think Chelsea have sort of... Are in are in direct talks now with Benfica over Enzo Fernandez, so he could end up at Chelsea. Like I said, this transfer window is going to be really, really interesting. Um, whether Liverpool at now or 
or whether they're acting the summer. But it sounds like it really does sound like you're gonna you spent gonna spend a, a bit of money on yeah. in this window in in the summer. I think you can be quite optimistic that you're gonna add some players to the mix. Jürgen's intimated in his press conference that we might not be done here. I mean that's really encouraging, especially from Jürgen. He normally um, is very mute on the subject. I'm happy with the squad. I leave that to the director of football or the transfer committee, as as we call them. But for him to to say some words encouraging, some more potential signings. Obviously, it's, it's got everyone licking their lips and rubbing their hands together. But um, but in terms of the Gakpo, I think it's a bit like the Luis Suarez. I think it was pretty much so much is done by agents these days, isn't it? And it was pretty much if there's yeah. any movement on him, we want to be notified and put a hat into the ring. And yeah, as soon as PSV said, look, we're not opposed to cashing in in January and the rest sorted itself out. Like you say, it might have been done in a couple of days. Personal terms agreed. The fee was met. Um, but it's, it's definitely a strange one. I've sent you a couple of screen, screenshots from all Man United groups on Facebook. Five, six days ago, Gakpo to United was a done deal. All the memes and the photoshops yeah. of him in the Man U kits. Like you say, yeah. I wonder I wonder why Man United didn't go through with it. I've seen um, one lad on my Facebook who's really knowledgeable about Man United when they said about Gakpo, he said, we're skint. And you can, you mm. can imagine it because obviously you spent heavily in the summer and that is obviously all debt that's been piled onto the club. It's, it's not cash in the bank, it's more interest to pay. And there must be a point where you draw the line and be like, we're not spending 200 million every summer yeah. and then another 100 every January, especially when the club might be up for sale as well. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm delighted that Liverpool got, got <laughs> the deal over the line. Um, obviously, you won't know truly what he's like until you see him in a Liverpool kit, in Anfield, with his teammates, pulling the strings. But from what I've seen in the World Cup and I've, I've watched... Um, some highlight reels on YouTube of him. He, look, he looks a player. I, I love the way he looks so tall. Like I said in the last stream, he reminds me a bit of Jude Bellingham in his appearance. He looks tall, he looks strong, he looks quick. Um, yeah. But again, it's it can be part of this fluid front, front three. Um, Salah plays on the right and he's left-footed. Is Gakpo left-footed? Yeah. Yeah, so Gakpo's left-footed. We've got... Luis Diaz on the left, Jota likes it on the left, Nunes can play off the left. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to have to see, see see what happens, see how he's integrated into the team. And yeah. then the million-dollar question will be, if we've got everyone fit and there's a cup final Saturday, Jürgen Klopp is going to have a hell of a problem <clears throat> choosing a starting lineup. Yeah. Well, Klopp's not stupid. He, he's seen what... You've been going toe-to-toe with City for five years. It's been you two slugging it out for the title. Champions League. So he knows Haaland's taking them to the next level. Undoubtedly. If there's one signing that's taken them to the next level, it's Haaland. Forget everybody else. They've gone up a level. I know they might not have as many points as they'd like in the five behind Arsenal. But on their day, they can beat anybody by four or five. Do you know what I mean? And Klopp's seen that and, and thought, I'm not going to compete with that, with the squad we've got and the age that some of these players are. So it's no surprise to me that you are looking at adding additions and fast. Do you know what I mean? If you get another signing in in January, it wouldn't surprise me if you get a couple in, to be honest with you. There's um, rumours that we've submitted a bid for Moises Caicedo at Brighton. Yeah. But I mentioned in the... Yeah, the then other people have rubbished the rumours. And you never fully know, do you, until it comes out. 
He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, it's important you just get players that fit. Like everybody, they, they want the marquee names and stuff. But I think Liverpool have been very good at that in the in the market. They don't always go for necessarily the household name like United do. Um, because that hasn't always worked for United at all. But I think with Liverpool, like you said, your your transfer business and your recruitment's been pretty much bang on in the last five years, the players that you've got. You've had a couple of bad eggs in there, like Minamino and that. But to get every single one right is so difficult. Um, but if you get more right than you get wrong, you're, you're on the right path. And I think Gappo is another one of those players that sort of fits that Liverpool mould. You can see with his temperament, he looks very level-headed. He looks very hard-working and humble. And I think he will fit in at Liverpool, personally. Um, be interesting to see though with midfield because I, I think you are crying out for a midfielder like you said since Jeannie Wijnaldum really you've not really replaced that type of player who could do the box to box but I don't think he got the credit he got going forward he was one of those players that used to create and, and chip in with a few goals as well mm -hmm. so I think that type of player you can sort of go beyond the strikers like the Gerrard type if you, if you need him to is probably what's next on Liverpool's radar Jude Bellingham. Mm, he'd be perfect. He really would be. He'd be perfect he really for would. everyone, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's um, a lot of money. He's a lot of money. And I can see you spending a lot of money. So we'll have to see with that one. When we come off the stream two days ago, it was on Sky Sports that Chelsea have submitted a bid or matched the release cause for Enzo Fernandez. And my heart sunk. I thought, yeah. please, please, though. No. I haven't heard <laughs> anything since, but I really want Enzo now. <laughs> Especially yeah. when Chelsea are linked with him. Yeah. That one could go to the wire. And again, it's Benfica are being really stubborn. They're, they're tough negotiators. I can remember when we bought Lindelof from there and the, the fee was constantly fluctuating and stuff. And you, you've already bought Nunes from them. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, will that make the deal easier? Will it make it more difficult? You know, and I mean, we were the same in the summer when we bought Anthony and Martinez. There was... Ajax fell out with us in the end over the over the Anthony deal because we had already bought Martinez. We said we were going to get either Gap Pro or, or Brobby, another player, and we messed up a couple of their deals because we were faffing around over Anthony and stuff. I know he's PSV, but um, it just all depends like how how these clubs negotiate with you. If you've already bought players from either that league or you're linked with their targets and stuff, it can be sometimes a hard sell. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how how they actually treat that Fernandez deal if you do come in with them having already bought one of their players in the summer. Absolutely. Right. Mm. Um, guys, if you've made it this far, please remember to like and subscribe. It really helps us out a lot. Only takes a second to do. Hit that subscribe button. Travis, thanks for your time. Enjoy the next couple of days. Um, we'll probably come back around the 2nd or 3rd of January to review all this weekend's action, goals, thrills and spills. Thought there were plenty because by that time we would have played a couple of games each. So yeah. there were plenty to talk about. We've got Bournemouth as well on the 3rd, I believe. So if we come up at around that time, 3rd, 4th, I'm sure we'll have a lot, plenty to talk about. Sounds good. Right. Have a good couple of days, brother. You too, brother. Thank Enjoy. You. Thanks, guys. Remember, hit that like and subscribe.